This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. The story that the Lord has written for us, you know, there's some painful pieces to it, Mm -hmm. but I think that we've experienced adoption on a level that we would have never really experienced if we were just, you know, the parents who had it all together with their formulas and their, you know, no, we are broken together. And honestly, I feel like we're better broken together. Yes. From Christianity Today, you're listening to Adopting Hope, a podcast about adoptive, foster, and spiritual mothering. I'm Joyce Koo Dowerpole. And I'm Sasha Parker. We're both moms, and we're both adoptive moms. And on each episode of our show, you'll hear from a mom and sometimes a dad about their journey in adoption and foster care. Our hope is that this podcast provides hope and encouragement as you hear these stories. Whether you're an adoptive, foster, or spiritual mother yourself, an adoptee, or someone who just wants to encourage and love adoptive and foster parents. These stories are all windows into the gospel, the story of a God who adopts us and loves us with a redeeming love, and whose love empowers and compels us to extend that love through the unique joys and challenges that come from adoption and foster care. Thanks for tuning in. We pray this encourages you as you listen. And even when our hearts are breaking, even when our souls are shaking, oh, oh, oh we've got this. Oh, 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 oh. Today, we continue our conversation from last week with my amazing co-host, Sasha Parker. If you missed our last episode, you'll want to go back and listen. Sasha shared about how her adoption journey began, the remarkable relationship she developed with a birth mom, and the twists and turns of three of her adoptions. Today, we pick up where we left off when Sasha and her family go back to Ethiopia again, this time to adopt a 12-year-old boy named Joseph. So after you adopted Ella, you decided to go back to Ethiopia Mm -hmm. and adopt again. Why did you decide that? And then how did you get connected with poor Joseph? Yeah, Ella had been home about a little over a year, maybe a year and a half. And remember that sweet girl that we met on the college campus? Yep. Well, she ended up taking Ella to a lot of her physical therapy, which ended up being at the hospital during dinner time during sports drop-off and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that sweet girl was connected with a ministry in Ethiopia and her and her parents. And there was an orphanage there. um, And these children, most of them had been there for at least six years or longer. It was run by an Ethiopian Christian couple. Mm. And so one day this sweet girl came up to us and said, hey, you know, have you guys thought about adopting again? There's children that are waiting for families there at this orphanage that my family is connected with. And so we saw a picture of our son, Joseph, Mm. and, you know, I showed it to Mike and we both just felt like, well, why not? And and once again, there was this connection, you know, Mm. it was, wasn't totally out of the blue. What was your connection? Well, I think just 
that this family was connected with the orphanage and where these boys were at, you know, was sort of comforting to us. I mean, they, so Joseph was 12 and he was from the same area that Ella was from, that my dear friend Maharet is from. And so it was kind of a natural thing. In fact, after we had begun the process, our dear friend Maharet went to go visit her grandmother in Ethiopia and ended up going to the orphanage and visiting the boys. When I say boys, there were several kids that ended up coming home to this area. She took some videos, you know, brought some pictures of our family. Those are gems, man. Oh, they are. Pictures or videos. Yes. Yes. So those little, that connection was once again, such a huge Mm -hmm. gift. And Mm -hmm. the other really cool thing is that Maharet she was a teacher at the junior high that the boys would end up going to, which is so, I mean, how does that work out? That's so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So we saw Joseph's picture and had these little connections and just felt like, okay, yes, let's do this. And one of the cool things was that Joseph, we found out had a real dear friend um, that was at the orphanage. And I had told Mike, I was like, oh, I don't know if we can... We should not separate these boys. I mean, I think that we should probably bring both of them home. And Mike's like, "Um, no, but we can pray for another family anyway. So we did pray and another family in town ended up bringing Samuel home. But the really cool thing was that, so we were about six months ahead of them in our journey. And did you know this other couple before? they? Yes. Yeah. Went to junior high school with her and high school. (laughs) And so, and they live in the same town. So we were about six months ahead of them. And then when they started their journey, our paperwork for some random reason, just slowed down, stopped. And they ended up getting their immigration paperwork finished before us and and got their court date. The crazy thing is, and this is so random, but we know it's not random. We ended up getting the exact same court date for our boys. Wow. Um, So these two best friends ended up coming home on the same plane together Wow! and living blocks away from each other. Wow. And going to the same schools. Going to the same schools together in the same grade. And now they're, they're 19 and 18 now and they're, they're, have the same summer job and all of that. So it's just <laughs> that is amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's only that like only God only can do that. Only God can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of that's how Joseph came into our family and it was a huge gift for him to have his best friend oh. in the same community. I mean, I yeah. think yeah, it would have been really really hard I think yeah. had we not had that connection and yeah. he not have that friend from home and Anyway, that was a huge gift. Was he about to age out? Like he was 12. I don't know what the age yeah. was like for Ethiopia. Yeah. Or... I don't know exactly what the age. I think it's a little different. I okay. know like China has a set age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are very, don't adopt older boys That's as right. often. I so think they're the hardest yeah, to adopt in right. terms of gender. And yeah. If they're older. Right. It it was just the way the Lord orchestrated it. It was, you know, so clear that this is what was to happen. And yeah. And he's just doing so well. He is. Oh my goodness. He just graduated from high school. He did. Yep. Got like an award for leadership. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Which was amazing. I mean, and it was, you know, it was an adjustment. It wasn't the easiest thing for him to all of a sudden lose everything. He he loved Ethiopia. Mm. He 
was very proud of his heritage and his, you know, his country. And so, you know, there was definite loss for him. And so, I mean, it's as many little amazing stories as you have, you, you still have grief and you still have to navigate the journey together as a family. And, you know, he didn't know any English when he came. And so, you know, communicating and, he he is such a character because he they lit they had a farm in the orphanage mm-hmm. and so he he was pretty independent and was used to doing a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and he really liked that so he came here and it was like okay what do you guys do what what do you <laughs> do you mow your lawn yeah what do you do you're just right yeah so that was an adjustment too just and when he came home in February and it was winter and mm. and I actually you know, kept him home for a bit just to, you know, homeschool him and And just learn English and learn English and learn like, you know, to be in a family. And so, and we actually, our oldest Jonah was, it was the first time we'd ever done it, but he was homeschooled as well because he went on the two trips to Ethiopia to bring Joseph home. So he's going to miss a a lot of school. And so it was kind of cool because Joseph had Jonah home and then our youngest biological son, Hudson, was half-day kindergarten. Okay. So it wasn't like just him and his boring mom. You know, it was like, <laughs> okay, there's... Um, but he often would just, you know, he'd want to do yard work. He was just like a real hands-on yes. guy, real active. And there was a lot of things he had to learn about, you know, being in a family. And and it was a big adjustment. But I mean, I'm so proud of him, just yeah. the way that, you know, he grew and the way the Lord worked in his heart to even accept, okay, I'm, I'm his mom. I'm sorry. I'm your mom, you know? (laughs) And, but he, you know, that's not an easy thing, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I think, um, just through different hard things that, you know, can happen in your families. And those are actually things that kind of bring you together Mm -hmm. in different ways. And so, yeah, I think just kind of going back to that broken piece and that humility is so important as we help our kids heal. And then, you know, you even learn things about yourself, you know, insecurities or wounds that maybe you had from and Mm -hmm. how they kind of come out as you're trying to do this really hard job. And that's okay because I feel like we're real. We don't have it all together. And it's just a process. And to kind of for our children to kind of pick up on that vibe from us as parents. That we don't have to have it all yes. together. I think that's one of the things that Hannah, um, my adoptive daughter, mm-hmm. has taught me. Like there's just places that I didn't realize I needed healing. Right. But through, um, through the process of having her home, I feel like she's taught me so much. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you mentioned earlier is just how proud Joseph is mm-hmm. of being Ethiopian, mm-hmm. how much he loves his country. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've kind of struggled with because, you know, when you adopt internationally, mm-hmm. you're taking a child away from their mm-hmm. country of origin and you know that it's not going to be the same. Like, right. um, even though you do your best to still kind of incorporate things about that culture, there is that loss. Right. And so I wonder with Joseph, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways that he's been able to stay connected to his mm-hmm. culture? And I know he still feels that. Pride, which is yeah. awesome of being being connected mm-hmm. to Ethiopia. Yeah. So Maharet, once again, mm-hmm. here she's a big part of this whole podcast. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she's in our small group. And so just kind of have seeing her come and go, she'll often like drop off food from her 
her and her mom. And then also Gabe, the man that ran the orphanage, um, he's come and into town here and there um, mm-hmm. just for different um, ministry reasons. Um, and so he and Joseph have been able to connect and stay in touch. Yes. And Joseph, for so he's you know, just graduated high school and he is hoping to major in agriculture and would love to go back to Ethiopia, back to his community and help with farming and all of that. So I think those dreams and helping encourage those dreams is a way for him to kind of be excited about his future. Um, And actually one of our gifts for graduation was to go back to Ethiopia with Mike and, Mm. but that all shut down because of the COVID and Mm -hmm. it, uh, who knows when um, he'll be able to do that. But just even those little, you know, thoughts about going back and um, having this vision for, you know, ministry and all of that. So, you know, after we brought Joseph home, the Lord started putting China on our hearts, (laughs) not right away, but Uh, I saw this little picture of this little guy, Jude, and we just all started praying for him, praying for a family Uh and yeah, ended up moving forward with him. And Jude is actually the youngest in our family and his special need is hydrocephalus. And so we didn't know a whole lot about it, but we learned about it as much as we could before we brought him home. And he was healthy other than just having a shunt and Mm. needing to check in on that here and there. You know, I think I shared a little earlier, just, you know, our time in China was, it was rough with him. I mean, he was grieving and he's got a really strong personality. And so he was very expressive. You know, tell me about the first time you met him. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, how did he respond to you? Yeah, he was not excited to see us at all. (laughs) And thankfully, we had brought three of our kids with us. We brought three that had not traveled internationally before. So they happened to all be white. We all looked similar. And so Jude had not really, you know, probably even seen very many white people Mm -hmm. before. And Mm -hmm. so here's this team of, you know, (laughs) this family. And so he was very apprehensive and it wasn't like Mm. this really romantic kind of, it was, you know, he was traumatized and you're just trying to do whatever you can to not seem scary, to seem like you're a fun, safe person. And so, yeah, yeah, it, that was a hard transition. And, you know, just, I think it was just hard being in country too, because Mm. you're just so sensitive to the child. You can't, expect much no and you just try to survive those mm-hmm. days in the right. hotel like yeah. until you can get home right and it sounds like with Jude like you're definitely in survival mode yes we days. were in survival mode and and honestly it did feel kind of dark like what are we doing I'm so like what is happening this mm-hmm. is scary mm-hmm. and I remember one night I woke up in the middle kind of in the middle of the night and I was doing this devotional streams in the desert and opened up to that, what would be the following day. Mm-hmm. And it was just talking about um, Lazarus and how God healed him and changed him. And I really felt like the Lord actually was speaking to my heart and saying, your son will be changed. Mm. Um, he will be different. But, and I, and so those, once again, those little glimmers of hope, yes. you cling to those yes. when there are no signs actually of 
hope or healing. It's like all you see is hard. And Mm -hmm. that was really encouraging. And the way that the Lord kind of used Jonah and Jude to bond when those were the last two that I thought would have that connection Mm -hmm. right away. But, you know, once we got him home, you know, he had been through so much loss. And so we, you know, you kind of cocoon for a while and we would do little things like, okay, practice getting in the car because he did not like the car seat. He was traumatized by that. So, okay, well, we're going to drive around the block for, you know, a couple of times and just like these little things. And then we're going to come back home and we're safe. And we're going to, we go back from where we came from. And that is so smart just to practice things that might be hard. Like Mm -hmm. even though you're not going anywhere, you're just practicing getting into the car and and then coming back home. So he knows it's safe. Yeah. Little baby steps. Baby steps. And after time, those things did begin to build into real healing where, you know, the same people were coming home every day, the Mm -hmm. same people, you know, because one thing that I realized that was so traumatic for him was like getting into a car and, you know, your whole world can change after that point, you know, which had happened to him multiple times. And so these little triggers of trauma. And so, you know, the more routine and familiar people in his world, Mm -hmm. safe people. Mm -hmm. And the more we started to see this beautiful, amazing personality come out of this little guy who to this day, I mean, he's just, he, he is hilarious. He's like, he could run our whole household. He's, (laughs) he's just, he's such a blessing. So he's just been such a gift to our family. And it sounds like in that place in China where you didn't, like you said, you had no signs Mm -hmm. from him that it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like it was just hard. Right. But you heard from the Lord Mm -hmm. and his word, Mm -hmm. like almost like a little promise from God. Yeah. Um, So I'm wondering like for you, do you feel like you are able to hear kind of from the Lord as you're trying to discern in these dark Mm -hmm. places? Yeah. um, Like you, you feel like you have hope mm-hmm. you know you that that keeps you going yeah um and that hope comes directly from god right and often in his word yeah you know one thing that i just think is so important is really spending time in god's word so that you can recognize his promptings his you know it's not like i'm hearing this loud audible voice but you're sensitive to the spirit in a different way when you're in the word. Yes. And it's, you know, not this legalistic thing, but it's like, Lord, I need to hear from you and really abiding in Christ. And yeah. I think, you know, this is, I kind of felt like, okay, this is a big deal. This whole calling, this whole thing that I'm, yes. we're doing, <laughs> I really need the Lord. I, yes. This is not something I can do in my own wisdom, my mm-hmm. own power. Mm-hmm. I, this is like a surrendered And so, you know, kind of being a little bit stretched thin, Mm -hmm. really, it was like, okay, I have to abide in Christ. Yeah. Apart from Him, I cannot do anything. And so, I, you know, really, each morning, as hard as it was, getting in the Word and really spending quality time with the Lord. And I know that sometimes there's days where it's like you get interrupted and you can't, but I think that foundation was really important for just the different trials that were to come in the future. You know, then, you know, when you're in the word on a 
regular basis, you really experience Emmanuel, God with us yes. in a, a different way. When so, we are trying to follow God in mm-hmm. this hard calling, yeah, that um, there are moments where I'm like, where are you, God? Like, I'm right. trying to follow you. Here, right. And this isn't going as smoothly. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not that you're not following him, that it's not going smoothly. Sometimes it's just, yeah, it's just hard. But each time God meets mm-hmm. you, you know, as we're crying out mm-hmm. in those moments, and it may not be this immediate, right? you know, everything's fixed, but mm-hmm. God, God says, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and I will go before mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. And last but not least, you know, it's so interesting to think how we began this ad- adoption journey with, okay, there's no hope yes. to yes. bringing home our last and final hope yes, and her to, adopting, hope. <laughs> to adopting our hope. And um, there really was hope that the, yes. that, you know, that the Lord, um, it's just so funny how he, he works. Sometimes it's almost, you see humor in the whole. Yeah. Um, he brings it full circle. He sure it's, there's does. There's this poetic yes. nature. Yeah. That. Uh-huh. So I, once again, you know, felt like, okay, I don't know if we're done. I feel like we have room for one more. Mm -hmm. And I had come across from the same agency that our little guy Jude was from, uh, a picture of a little girl with the same special needs as Jude, which is hydrocephalus. Although her situation was a lot more serious because she wasn't shunted until she was probably four or five. Okay. And And tell me what happens if they're not shunted for for Mm -hmm. that long. Yeah. So... With hydrocephalus, it's, you know, build up fluid on the brain and without the shunt to drain that there, you know, it's pressure on the brain and, mm. you know, just their heads can get larger mm-hmm. and um, it really affects their ability to meet those milestones of just, okay, so an infant, you know, she can't even roll over because she just basically laid flat for at least four years. And then once that pressure was relieved, she was able to begin to gain some strength and move around. But at that point, her head was so heavy and she had no core muscles. She had no... So So it affected everything. And by the time you got her at age seven, Mm -hmm. um, you had said she doesn't, she didn't know how to walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, So really, we found out about this little girl and we had seen her on a couple of the different shared lists mm-hmm. and she always had like a different name, you know, they mm-hmm. to, for privacy. Mm-hmm. And so the kids and I were like, uh, we gave her the name Evangeline Hope because oh. the good news of the gospel is our hope. And yes. so, and the, they were so sweet kind of talking once again about our kids getting on board and getting excited and learning how to pray. And oh. without fail, our youngest two, Mia and Jude, would not forget to pray for Evangeline Hope. I mean, at every meal. At, <laughs> and I would forget sometimes. And I was also yeah. like, well, Lord, this might be a little crazy. So maybe, maybe, you know, but they would remind me, no, they we're praying for, yeah, prayer. they were faithful. And mm. we weren't necessarily for sure that we were the family, but we were praying for a family mm-hmm. for her. Okay. And so, but then I would check in every few months. Hey, is, uh, is there a family that's moved, you know, forward and no, 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 no. So we just started to realize maybe we are the family that 
we've been praying to, to move forward. Yeah. And so we did. We moved forward and we began the journey once again. You start all over. <laughs> and um, but it's in some ways it's good because we had to retake a lot of these classes. I mean okay. So these refreshing that by that point, yeah. they would be like, that's waived for you. <laughs> right. Yes, you would think. But but actually, it was good for us. I mean, once again, you know, OK, humility, let's like retake these classes mm-hmm. and there, there may be things you need to learn again and be refreshed on. And just even remembering about trauma and mm-hmm. the effects that it has yes. on our children and even just the basics of connecting with your child before correcting. I mean, just yes. these things that like. I need refreshers and actually we all do. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just, we went through that whole process again and our journey to hope was really kind of like the grand finale because (laughs) talk about the Lord bringing you to an even more broken place than Mm -hmm. you could ever imagine that you would be. Mike and I got ready to travel to China Mm -hmm. and we knew a few things about hope. You know, you never really know the full medical picture, but we did know that she's can't walk. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, she has kind of a bigger head. And so, you know, that's hard for her to navigate and she's probably not potty trained mm. um, and all of that. I remember it was really, and you've told me this before, like um, that you visited the orphanage yeah. where she lived for all of mm-hmm. those years. Yeah. And that was a really powerful Um, experience for you. It really was. Yeah. So when we got to China, actually, the Lord brought Mike and I into even a deeper place of brokenness. It's amazing how the Lord's like, let me help you be even a a better parent (laughs) than you could have ever imagined. (laughs) You know, I won't share all the details, but Mike and I, it it came across that there was some really hard stuff going on in our marriage Mm -hmm. that I wasn't aware of until Mm -hmm. we got to China. So it was at that place where the Lord brought me to just like a really broken place in my life. And then meeting this little girl who came from literally, I mean, it was going into her orphanage, Mike and I, when we got there, um, because we were with her, um, mm-hmm. we had already met her mm-hmm. and had started to transition with her. And right from the moment that we met Hope. It was just a completely different experience. She was so accepting of us Mm. and she had this peace and this grace about her that was- It's amazing. It was amazing. It really was shocking. So when we went to the orphanage, you know, to kind of for closure for her, we've, people have mixed perspectives on if that's a good thing, but we really felt like We wanted to see, it was important to see where she came from. And so it was a three hour drive to her orphanage. And when we got there, I remember there was probably about 300 kids in the orphanage and, but it was very quiet. Mm. I remember kind of, there was a room that was kind of like the preschool room. Mm -hmm. I remember kind of peeking in the window and it just didn't look like a very healthy preschool Mm. (laughs) experience. Mm. You know, they had kind of like cleaned up for us and, And so we went in there and really all the kids in her preschool room had Down syndrome. Okay. And there might have been a couple other kids with pretty significant special needs. And so, you know, we went into that room and then they, from there, we went to her crib room where there was probably about at least 20 cribs in there. And they're all kind of lined up connecting to one another. Mm. And that was like... Mm. 
you know, I had just experienced like a big like heartbreak mm-hmm. in my journey and and Mike and I in our journey together. And mm-hmm. here we are on a whole nother level mm-hmm. of just seeing the effect of the fall on the world and like, just this is not how it should be. Mm. There should not be cribs full of babies. Well, not, they were more like, I mean, they looked, some of them looked like babies. Um, Like this one little one that I went up to her little crib. I remember, I mean, she looked, she she was skin and bones Mm. and she had brown crust coming out of the side of her Mm. mouth. And I remember wanting to just like touch her but her flinching, you know, just scared of me. So that, it was very sobering. The kids with Down syndrome were so resilient. Mm. I remember they were literally like doing flips from crib to crib to try to get to me to like be held. And I remember at one point I was holding three kids at one time and they were just so affectionate and like (laughs) they were just like (sighs) determined to have human touch and to be, you know, just... Yeah. And even curiosity of who are these people in this room yeah. right now. Um, and then I remember just we went up to the crib that Hope shared with another little one. And she could stand, but her balance wasn't great. And uh-huh. she was very weak. Okay. Um, so she could kind of stand up next to the crib. And she started to get a diaper out. And I was like, what is happening? And here is our little girl. Um, she has her shaved head. And oh. she's changing the her crib mate's diaper wow. and this little crib mate though I mean she looked her legs were I mean I have never seen a child so malnourished so it was just a really heartbreaking day but we in it we were seeing a picture of this little girl's heart here she is coming in and helping take care of this little crib mate and then our guide mm-hmm. our translator she told us the nanny said that Hope had a sweet friend at the back of the room. And so we went over there and I just remember there was this moment of everything felt so dark in the world, in my life. And, but we go to the back of this room and, you know, the windows are weird. I feel, I think there was like bars on the, you know, it's just like dark. But I remember this light breaking through this Mm. dark moment and shining on this little guy's face. And Mm. um, as Hope went to say goodbye to him and he literally had the face of an angel. I was like, okay, Lord, but your heart is so broken. You just want to take all of them home and fix this whole situation. And I remember when we were, leaving that orphanage um because it, it mean so we saw everything and now what do you do you just you leave and i remember and yet god gave you that vision w- with the light shining mm-hmm. in um just like this another like mm-hmm. almost it's a physical like yeah. sign of his presence and his light right. shining through right to what you just saw right <laughs> like, right it's like heartbreaking yes and yet you're like okay god is here he is here his light does break through the darkness. And I just remember walking away and just all I had words for was, Lord, have mercy, have mercy on this situation, have mercy on our lives. Mm. Um, It was a really powerful picture, Mike and I leaving that orphanage because we had to come together in that moment. Mm. I remember he had to take Hope's one hand. I had to take her other hope and Mm. her other hand. And here we were like hand in hand with like this, the word hope. Yeah. Like, and, and this is, you either 
choose that yeah. or you will, I mean, we would have crumbled. Yeah. I mean, we would have never made it out of, without the hope of the gospel. Yes. I mean, what, and the hope of that there is another world beyond this yeah. and that all of this darkness will be changed Yes, and that this isn't all there is. I mean, that was like what we were clinging to. Mm. And then here we were, we were given this little girl that was so willing to take each of her broken parents' hands and walk with them in this journey together was like, <laughs> um, I, we just, she was the gift that we needed mm. to move forward mm. in our marriage, in our family. And I remember looking at Hope and thinking, I want to be like her. Mm. I want to be, you know, she, here she is willing to receive. Mm. Um, and she had so much courage. Wow. I, I, I was like, how can she just be so brave? And and she was she was with it too. She wasn't, you know, with her special need of hydrocephalus. And we weren't sure if she was all there. Yeah. But she was. She understood she is what was very, going on. She did. She was alert. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I feel like when God has stripped so much away mm -hmm. and that all you have is really God. Right. You find that he's enough. He is. And Hope kind of modeled that because she had, I mean, look yeah. where she came from. Like she right. had, she had nothing except yeah. like, but she was caring for the other kids yeah. around her. And then, you know, just feel like with where you and Mike were and mm -hmm. your marriage in that place, it was mm -hmm. like stripped bare. Right. And here, all you have is like yeah. hope yeah. in the Lord and your hope. Yeah. So. And our hope in Christ. And, you know, we had to come together to be able to do this journey. I mean, I just remember even lifting her because she was pretty heavy. She was a seven-year-old little, she had like a toddler body, She like an infant kind of, you know, she was no muscle tone. And so I remember lifting her together into the tub because it was like a big lift to yeah. get her over the yeah. side of the tub, but just like teamwork. I mean, we had to, you know, come together and I needed him. He needed me. Neither mm -hmm. of us could do this on our own. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we both needed Jesus Christ. Yes. And we were both equally as dependent on Him to be able to do this. And so, yeah, hope was just, it was just a really sweet, difficult, painful time, but sweet time with this little girl. I remember just before we went to China, the Lord kept giving me this word and it was like, I kept thinking, I kept hearing dross, dross. Mm. And the Lord was really like, He was purifying us and stripping away all the impurities. And, you know, mm. He was He was doing a mighty work in our marriage and in our family. But also just, I remember as I was preparing to bring hope home, one of my favorite things to do was to shop for the child, like get them new clothes. Mm -hmm. I remember like, I had every outfit picked out for her, you know, Minnie Bowden, these adorable, like <laughs> little, she just looked, because I remember when we were in China and taking the clothing, I mean, she was dressed in rags, I yeah. remember, and just taking those clothes off and putting on these new clothes. Mm -hmm. And it was such a picture just of what Christ does to us yes. when he, we become his child and he, he takes away all the impurities. He takes off all the old and he gives us new clothing, mm -hmm. which is his righteousness. And yes. we never have to earn anything from him. You know, we never have to earn our goodness, our rightness, our um, our purity. He gives it to us. And 
So, you know, it was just like a really beautiful time, even in China, where I'm feeling like this transformation once again is happening all over again mm-hmm. in my life, in Mike's life, mm-hmm. and this visual in Hope's life. It was just this really powerful time. And God knew what he was doing too. And just at that time, giving us a childlike hope where mm-hmm. she was, it wasn't like, it would have been hard if it was Jude because he was very needy. It was just a different, yeah. you know. And so hope was this perfect gift for our family. Mm-hmm. At the right time. At the right time. At the right time. And that's really beautiful. And I loved how you explained just the visual mm-hmm. of Christ's righteousness mm-hmm. when we are adopted as his children. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I feel like in each of your adoption mm-hmm. stories now that we've heard is just like God showing us more of himself. Yes. And his love for us and adopting yeah. us and the links that he goes through right. to do that. And then our own healing. And I wanted to take us up to today because I feel like. Mm-hmm your family now going through all of these things that you are in a different place now as a yeah, family right. than you were, you know, just a few years back when you adopted mm. Hope. He's done so much more healing. Mm-hmm. So tell me about how things are going now. With yeah. So Hope has continued to be just this picture of grace and mercy and favor in our family. And It's been amazing to see her transformation, you know, from when we came home, she could barely stand, barely walk to now, you know, I felt like we were on this healing process and it was very gradual and it was a lot of work Mm -hmm. in building those muscles up again. Mm -hmm. And we were being transformed. Hope was being transformed. And just to see where she's at physically, emotionally, and just all of it today. I mean, she's she's got this gorgeous long black hair, you know, and didn't have like she was she had no hair, before. and she had all these scars all over her head, oh, and right. her head was kind of misshapen just from the way that she laid mm-hmm. on her, you know, on mm-hmm. her back for so long. Um, so her, just her hair, and she's walking, and she's obviously potty trained, but you know, that was a journey in those early days. She's going to school or she was going to school. (laughs) We'll see if school opens up in the fall, but she is loved by so many people. Mm. So many people are just drawn to her. She has a very, there's something very nurturing about her. Oh yeah. Um, I think you pick up on that right away. Just this gentle, like sweet Mm -hmm. spirit about her. Mm -hmm. And she really has taught me just about Christ's love. You know, as we were healing in our journey, Christ is gentle and lowly and he is kind with us. Mm -hmm. And Hope has, she's very, she has this kindness about her that Mm -hmm. people are drawn to. As we, as a family, once again, came together and had to, I mean, when you see a child with a shaved head who's seven in a diaper and can't walk, you start to let go of some of the things that... Um, yeah, it gives you a little bit of perspective. <laughs> perspective. Yeah. And then, you know, for her to just be so precious and kind and gentle yeah. and you're kind of like... You're taken aback. You're, yeah. Like, and you're checking your heart often just like, okay, those, you know, three years that she's been home have been just... Talk about redemption Mm. and Mm. healing and uh, in every way, every way. And the strength that we have now 
because of having gone through the fire yeah. and the dross that has, yeah. you know, all of that. It's Christ's work in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful that, I mean, as painful as it is, we don't want suffering. Mm -hmm. And even like, as I'm saying this now, I'm like, oh, I better not say this because I don't want, you know, <laughs> but mm -hmm. we know that suffering is what purifies us. Mm -hmm. And we enter in with Christ in a very different way mm -hmm. because he enters into our suffering with us. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that just the story that the Lord has written for us, you know, there's some painful pieces to it, mm -hmm. but I think that we've experienced adoption on a level that we would have never really experienced if we were just, you know, the parents who had it all together with their formulas and their, you know, no, we are broken together. And honestly, I feel like we're better yes. broken together. And I think that's just really been a key component to some of the healing that's taken place in each one of our kids' hearts over the years mm -hmm. is that to see your mom and dad broken, just, I don't know, I think it just has really been a gift to our family. Yeah, and I feel like your family is so unified. Mm -hmm. There's so many of you. Yeah. And yet going through this, I feel like you've gone through it together as a family that that has caused you guys to grow closer. Right. Because it could have like, hard things can either like make you go in separate ways and, mm -hmm. um, or it can draw you closer. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't leave you unchanged, I think. Right. And I think for your family, like it's been such a redemptive journey. Yeah. Um, One of the verses that was so meaningful is um, Isaiah 57, 15. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. And I feel like that kind of is a picture of what was going on in our family as, you know, he brought us to this low place, but it's not to just crush us. Mm -mm. He wants to revive us and he wants to renew us and he wants to redeem the broken places. And so for our family to kind of all be on that same wavelength together mm -hmm. was really unifying. That's awesome. Thank you. I love that verse. That's yeah. a great verse to end on too. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much, Sasha. I feel like there's so, I mean, we could keep going. There's so many stories, yeah. but it's just so powerful to hear each child's journey mm -hmm. and what God has done each time mm -hmm. and to see where you are today is yeah. really beautiful. Praise the Lord. <laughs> We've got the power of the resurrection living within. If you're enjoying our show, please take a moment and help us spread the word. Share about it on social media or leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps people find the show. Adopting Hope is a production of Christianity Today. It was produced by Mike Cosper, Joyce Dalrymple, and Sasha Parker. It was edited and mixed by Alex Carter. Our theme song, We've Got This Hope, was by Ellie Holcomb. We'll be back next week with another story. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.